0: Church, listen, before I go ahead and introduce myself, I don't wanna say another word without first giving honor. I believe in the power of honor, in the consequence of honor. I've seen that God honors those who honor the people that he has placed. And therefore, I don't wanna go another second further without honoring our shepherds. Hear me, there are many preachers There are many teachers all around the world, but there are very few shepherds, people who care about the flock, who care about the condition of the flock, who care about you and I, who pray for us by name, who are doing above and beyond what a casual leader will do. And I just want to make sure that I make it known that I will not be standing here if it wasn't for the leaders and the shepherds that we have in this house. It's not because I've just heard about them. Or heard or seen them work as pastors I've witnessed I've experienced their love and their care as leaders so can you help me honor our lead pastors pastors Derek and Stacy Fry come on pastor we honor you come on let's stand up to our feet let's honor who God has positioned to lead us pastor we honor you we celebrate you I honor you pops You may be seated. You may be seated. My name is Joshua Taneo. I get the honor to serve you as one of the pastors here at Connect Church, and it's a complete privilege and honor to be in this amazing, healthy, uh, and good-looking community. I can see it from here. Yeah. I love it. So I just want to welcome our online family. I want to welcome Tri-County and Framingham. Let's give it up for our campuses. Welcome. We love you, TC. We love you, Framingham. We love you, online family. Thank you for tuning in. Today uh, we are starting a new series and before I touch that new series, uh, a little bit about myself. I um, am completely covered by a beautiful family. Um, The reason I'm about to preach to you with the fire I'm about to preach to you is not just because I'm a Dominican man, but it's because I am covered in prayer by my beautiful family. I think there's a picture. Can you show the picture of my amazing, beautiful family that's praying for me as we speak? Uh, Hopefully we have that picture. I was told we do. Oh, there they are, there they are. Come on, let's give it up for my family, y'all. Oh yeah. I make white babies in Jesus' name and those are my uh, vanilla peanut butter babies. That's my beautiful wife and I miss them so much. They're currently praying for me as I speak. Uh, Before I go anywhere, before I leave the house, my kids lay their hands on me and they say, in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm like, "Amen." I felt the power of God on that. They don't they don't add any words, but just the intention, just the initiative is amazing. So that's why I'm gonna preach to you how I feel it. Uh, I was given the green light by our pastors to do so, but also because I'm being covered and prayed for to give you my best. And I know that the Holy Spirit is gonna to speak to all of us, me included. So I look forward to what the Lord is going to say. I'm so proud of the message he gave me because it convicted me. And you know a message is good when it hurts you more than it hurts anyone else. And this message is, is so, vital for the believer, for the common believer, for the leader, and I believe it's going to change our lives. So therefore, that being said, we're starting a brand new series today called SummerSlam. SummerSlam. And no, it has nothing to do with WrestleMania, has nothing to do with WWE, but what it has to do is we're going to be touching four pillars of belief that we feel here, and we're going to be talking about leadership, lordship, and relationship, and today we're going to kick off and talk about worship. So I'm excited about that. We're going to be talking about worship today. Join me. Let's open up our Bibles to John 4. John 4, 21. John 4, 21. Yeah, my worship team, our worship team, this amazing team. Let's give it up for them. My gosh, it took every ounce not to jump on this stage. They're doing a phenomenal job. They're gonna join me back here because we may break into song at any moment's notice. So be ready. They're here to back me up. John chapter four, verse twenty-one. Let's do a little workout, some high-intensity workouts here. Let's stand up to our feet and honor the word of God. Pastor Devin Fry said a couple weeks ago, "This is not a hurried moment. This is a holy moment." So we're gonna be opening up the Bible. We're gonna be opening up the Word and seeing what that says to us today. And it says the following. Alberto, you could keep going until further notice. John 4, 21 says the following. It says, Jesus said to her, Women, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in spirit truth for the father seeking such people to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth let's pray father we thank you for your word father right now we lift up our faith and expectation for you to speak to us with power but with love with clarity and authority we pray jesus that you just speak to us to the point that we're convicted to change convicted to grow as your word says deep cries out to deep bring us deeper today we don't want to fall into the numbness of a thing that could be so recurring that we can just look at it as tradition but today lord we are desperate for an encounter not just an experience we're not here for a show we're here to hear you speak so father my personal prayer is that you speak to me and through me that you minister to me and through me but father above all else have your way have your way break the structure if you need to and if they don't invite me to preach again god you will speak to them in jesus name we love you amen 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 you may be seated you may be seated i want to speak to you from this message title my song will not cease my song will not cease. Do me a favor. Look at three people around you and say, my song will not cease. Let them know because they need to know that. My song will not cease. It will not cease. It will not cease. A couple years ago, Humberto, thank you so much. A couple years ago, I got introduced to this so-called sport uh, called flag football. Flag football. And I come from playing, you know, five years of... Uh, organized football. We wear our pads. We we do all that kind of stuff. I've been playing rec and then in high school as well. So I'm used to the aggression and the abuse that is American football. And when I first got introduced to flag football, it was uh, several years after high school. I already had two kids and we went to go play. We were in this turf field. I was so excited. Everybody had their cleats. Everybody was dressed up and I'm like, oh, all right, this is going to be fun. But I noticed nobody was putting their pads on, so I'm saying, all right, uh, where are the pads, wear where, where the helmets. No, we don't do that here. And I was like, oh, oh okay, that's, that's, that's weird. Uh, hopefully we still have the same level of fun. And uh, we started with the game, I was on offense, we were on offense, they passed me the ball and I start running full speed. That's the only thing I know. Football, you get the ball, you run. That's what I've been taught. That's what I've been doing for five years. And I start running, and I I, I believe in honesty. I don't want to lie to you, church. I I don't believe. I believe completely in honesty and transparency. I was probably running 97 miles an hour (laughs) and um, running full speed. I get to the touchdown. No word of a lie. I'm celebrating. I throw the football down. Rob Gronkowski's spirit just entered me. I just threw the football down. I started shouting. I started yelling. I, I started celebrating. But then I look around, and I'm the only one there. So I'm like, wait, why isn't my team celebrating with me? So it's either they just have a spirit of dishonor on them or, or, or something's wrong. So I turn around, I walk back towards my team, and I said, hey, hey what's going on? And they're like, hey, get back in the line of scrimmage. I'm like, wait, what do you mean? No, 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 I just, I just finished scoring. They're like, no, 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 you, 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 you got tackled. I'm like, I did not get tackled. I did not touch the floor. My knees did not hit the ground. No one touched me. And they said, no, Josh, this is what you don't understand. There's a flag on you. And I said, hey, I know about the flag. Isn't that like a decorative piece? They said, no, no. So there's a flag on you. And all they have to do is take your flag. And if they take the flag, you can't move any longer. If they take the flag from you, you can't score. If they take the flag, you can no longer progress. I'm about to preach. You're with me. Okay, okay, you're tracking. So they took this flag from me, but I said, wait, no, no, I, I didn't feel anything. I, I, nobody was close to me. I, I, I promised I was just running full speed. I, I was focused on my target. I, I made it to my target. But they said, no, no, they took your flag. Church, allow me to turn this metaphoric journey and follow that same analogy and say that there's a flag that we have. And this flag is called worship. And hear me, the enemy does not need to tackle you. The enemy does not need to bring you down. The enemy does not need to, dis- don't get me started. The enemy does not need to ruin you. As long as he takes your flag, you cannot progress. As long as he steals your worship. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy And I always thought he just wanted to kill me. I just thought he just wanted to end my life. But let me give you some news here. Church, the enemy does not want to kill you. He does not want to harm you. What he actually wants to do is steal, kill, and destroy your worship. Because one thing that I learned, I am a third generation pastor. My parents are pastors. My parents before them, uh, my grandparents were pastors as well. And one of the things that I've learned throughout this journey of Christianity is that the enemy will allow you to hold on to your faith. He will allow you to hold on to your title of Christian. He will allow you to continue your streak of coming to church week after week. But as long as he has your flag called worship, there can be no progression. I was focused on my target. I was focused on where I was headed. But in the meantime, they stole my flag. And I feel like that's the story, the unfortunate reality for many in the Capital C Church. Capital C Church just means the church worldwide, the global church, that there are many of us that we have been worshiping or we have been coming week after week or we've been interested in the idea of following this Jesus we preach of. But we don't realize that there is an essential flag wrapped around our waist. And it is not a decorative piece. We don't do this because it feels cool. We don't do this because it's traditional. We do this because when we worship Jesus, hear me very closely. Worship is the only vehicle in the arsenal of the believer that invites the presence of God. It's the only thing. Look at everything a believer does. Worship is the only thing that invites God into our place. Psalm says, the Bible says in Psalms 22, it lets us know that God inhabits the praises of his people. That God is enthroned on the praises of his people. That lets us know that every time we worship, every time we sing, every time we shout, every time we praise, we literally just sent an invitation card to heaven for God to relocate his throne from heaven to earth on top of our praise. If you're ever looking for God, just open up your GPS app and on the search bar type worship. Because the address for where God is located geographically is every time you open your mouth. Why is this important to know? The reason we start every weekend experience with worship, is not because that's what other churches do. We don't start this experience with preaching. We don't start with announcements. We don't start with videos. We don't start with an offering bucket. What do we start with? We start with worship. Why? Because we want to show God, you have license to invade this room we give you access to enter the room we are officially giving you your invitation so god forbid if we worship because that's what the enemy is after our worship is so vital it is the key that opens the door to breakthrough and i want to show you through biblical example how the enemy even tried tempting jesus and trying to remove and pervert the worship of jesus and I want to show you that through the Bible. I love the Bible so much. Every time I read the Bible, I feel like I am in a science class. I start sweating. I start getting my magnifying glass out because there's so many nuggets in the Bible that if we look beyond surface level, we will find that God is actually trying to communicate so much more than we realize. Amen? So I want to show you this. In Mark 4, Matthew, sorry, Matthew 4, 1 through 10, I want you to, I want you to know this. The enemy, and catch this, as you open up that scripture, as they put put it up on the screens, I want you to realize this. The enemy, culture, society, your situation, it cannot prevent your worship. Hear me. But pastor, that sounds paradoxical. That sounds uh, counterintuitive. That sounds uh, like you just contradicted yourself. You just said that the enemy is trying to steal your worship, so that means he can take it away. No, no, no. Listen closely. The enemy cannot prevent worship because everyone worships something. I'm about to throw this mic. Everyone worships something. So hear me. What the enemy cannot prevent, he will try to pervert. What the enemy cannot stop, he will try to taint. What the enemy cannot prevent, he will try to perverse. So the enemy knows everyone worships something. Whether you know it or not, you worship something. Some people worship their careers. Some people worship their cell phones. Oh, Gen Z didn't like that. I'm sorry, TC, I'm joking. Some people worship their bodies. Some people worship their gifts. Some people worship their cell phones, their social media accounts. Some people worship their spouse. Some people worship their kids. Now hear me, you can honor many. You can be inspired by many. You can look up to thousands. You can look up to that entrepreneur and that celebrity. You can do all those things, but you can only worship one. You can honor many, but you can only worship one. You can can serve many, but you can only worship one. You can look up to many, but you can only worship one. And I got news for you. The one we're supposed to worship has a name and that name is above all names his name is Jesus he is the one that deserves worship him and him alone I want to show you this everyone worships something but then pastor what is the definition of worship I'm glad you asked because I've been dying to answer that question I really have the definition of worship is to show reverence or adoration to a deity well, what is a deity? A deity is from the root word divine. So it comes from what's a god, what's a goddess. It means, a deity means something held in divine status. My question for you, Framingham, TC, online campus, in Ashland, my question is, what have you placed with divine status? What have you given divine status to? Because I can promise you the enemy is heavily involved in trying to help you make that decision. Because anything, if you don't worship God, you worship something that's not God and therefore you don't worship Him. If you worship anything that's not God, and then some may say, I worship God and there's no and or or. You worship God or you don't worship at all. If you, don't worship, you either worship God or you worship something that's against Him. God is a jealous God in the sense where He does not share His glory. That's why the Bible says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. Hear me. Worship did not start on the earth. <laughs> worship existed long before we ever made it here. Worship existed long before we were ever created. Worship started in heaven, and heaven was created by God. Therefore, worship belongs to It's his and his alone. I want to show you this. Matthew 4.1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after, somebody say after. Fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread and bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I'm going to show you verse by verse how this was actually an attack on worship. Pastor, how? I I just finished reading that with you. It says... After Jesus started fasting for 40 days, the tempter came and said, if if you are the son of God, turn these stones, these rocks into bread. What does that have to do with worship? I'm going to show you. You guys ready to dig a little deeper? Take your shovels out. Take your shovels out. Here we go. The reason why the enemy wanted Jesus to turn the stones into bread was not just because he wanted to ruin his fast. Mind you, it says, and after he fasted. So the temptation actually happened after Jesus fasted. Why is that important to know? Because the enemy will always target you when you're weak. The enemy will always target you when you're hungry. My gosh. That's why you have to realize the strategic moments the enemy will attack. Why is this important? The reason why he wanted to turn the rocks into bread the reason why he told jesus turn these stones into bread you know why he said that because later on we find in luke 19 that the disciples were worshiping jesus in the presence of many pharisees and teachers of the law in a public area and the pharisees started to say jesus rebuke your disciples tell them to be silent tell them to be quiet you know what jesus said jesus said if they be silent even the rocks will cry out and worship A moment happened where the Pharisees told Jesus, tell them to stop worshiping you. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, if I tell them, they're not my only worship plan. If I tell them to stop, even the rocks you stand on will worship me. Hear me, God will always have a plan A and a plan A. Meaning if you don't worship him, something will. If you don't worship him, your neighbor will. And guess what? If your neighbor doesn't worship him, all of creation will worship him because he's worthy of it the reason the enemy wanted the rocks turned into bread is because he wanted to pervert the potential of the rock he wanted to pervert the potential of the rock so he this temptation was specifically an attack on the potential of worship and then we see after that it says then the devil took him to the holy city and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him if you are the son of god throw yourself down For it is written, he will command the angels concerning you in their hands. He will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the God, your Lord your God to the test. Catch this. What does this have to do with worship? He just said, Jesus, stand on this temple, fall down. The angels should catch you if you are the son of God. The reason this had to do with worship is because the temple... Was the place of worship. The temple was the place where the believers gathered. Where the believers gathered in that place for the specific assignment to worship God. So here, the first temptation, we see an attack on the potential of worship. And the second temptation, we see attack on the place of worship. The enemy said, fall from the temple. The place where you're supposed to be lifted up in. Fall from the place that you're supposed to be exalted from. Fall from it. He was trying to ruin the the purpose, the potential, and the place of worship. And then what do we see? The next worship, the next temptation. He just said, all right, nothing is working. Let me just get straight to the point, Jesus. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a a high mountain and showed him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you just fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. What does this let us know? The enemy, what he was actually trying to do here, is he was saying, Jesus, you're about to die on the cross. I know you want to do that, but you're going to die on the cross for the people. So I will give you the people. I will give you the kingdoms. I will give you the glory, and you don't even have to die. The reason he tried doing that is because the enemy knew if Jesus would die on that cross, the people will have a chance to be saved. So the enemy was trying very hard to say, listen, forget your mission. Just worship me. And allow me to share the fact and illuminate the fact that the enemy is communicating the same thing to us. Abandon your mission. Stop coming to church. Stop lifting your hands. Stop singing the songs. Stop reading your word. Stop listening to your pastor. Stop joining a small group. Stop coming to CLA. Stop doing all these things. Why? Because the enemy knows if you continue on your mission, you're going to know what worship really is. He's after your worship. He's after your worship. And what the enemy cannot remove, he will try to pervert. We read at the beginning of this message, John 4, about the woman at the well. Earlier, I said that worship is the key that opens the door to break through. What happens if you worship and you have the key, but the door does not open? I'm going to show you. Let's look at the woman at the well. John 4, 21. If you don't, have, you don't have to look for it, they should have it on the screens. John 4, 21 says the following. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. Let's stop right there. Let's break this bar by bar. Let's see what this has to do with worship. Catch Jesus doing an educational moment. He was breaking a tradition in this moment. How? He just said you don't have to worship in the temple or in the mountain. Exactly. Because in that times, if you study the context, there was a battle of belief where the Samaritans believed you had to worship in the mountain where all of the ancient and ancestors came from. And then the Israels and the Jews believed that they had to worship inside of the temple. And Jesus said, no, no, you don't understand. I'm here to break all that. You don't have to worship. This is the Bible. Neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. The reason he says that is because I believe it's so relevant even to this day because there are many of us who only worship in the church. There are many of us who will only worship and exalt God and do lift our hands and lift our voice. Why? Because we're in a place where that's supposed to happen. And Jesus, since the beginning, has been trying to teach us and show us you don't have to go to the temple to worship. You don't need to go to a sacred place to worship. You are that sacred place. Worship right where you are. Worship in your job. Worship at your home. Worship in your situation. Worship in the middle of your crisis. Worship is not a song you sing. It's a life you live. And Jesus was trying to educate this woman saying, you're trying to worship at a place because that's the only time you actually exalt me. The question is, is that the only place you exalt him? Self-analyze. When I come to church, is that the only time I lift my voice in praise? Jesus. Is that the only time I worship him and give him thanks for all that he's done? What's the next verse say? You worship what you do not know. Now that made me sweat some blood right there. That got me nervous. This is why church, because just by this verse alone, you worship, yep, verse 22, you worship what you do not know. What does this teach us? That teaches us, that lets us know, that implicates that it's possible to worship something you're completely unaware of. That is possible to worship Jesus and still not know Jesus. That is possible to serve God and still not know God. That it's possible to come to church and still not know the God of the church that's scary because that lets us know we can do so much for God and yet still not know his heart that we can know so much about the Bible and still not know who he is when I read that I made it my assignment to dedicate my life to getting to know Jesus me preaching me leading worship that's a bonus the the goal of my life is to get to know my Savior because even our finite minds cannot understand the complete magnitude of the infinite but nonetheless, I don't see that as a distraction to not pursue Him I see that as an invitation to go deeper I want to know Him completely because when you know Him completely your worship changes it changes, what's the next verse? it says, we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshiper now I don't know if it's just me but if there is a word that says truth, that means by default a word exists that means false. There can be no such thing as light if there's no such thing as darkness. There can be no such thing as, uh, let's see, there can be no such thing as truth if there's no such thing as false. So the fact that Jesus said the true worshipers will worship me. let's see are we good all right the fact that the bible says the true worshipers that lets us know Brian, that there are there are actually people who are false worshipers that's scary what is a false worshiper then what is a true worshiper a true worshiper is someone who knows who they sing about a true worshiper is someone who knows who Jesus is It's not just about the song you sing. It's not just about lifting your hands. Do you know who you're singing to? Let me help you here. A true worshiper can worship in the middle of their situation. A true worshiper can struggle and still sing. A true worshiper can have no food on the table and say, God, you're still worthy. A true worshiper can say, God, my marriage is at the point of divorce, but I know that you can restore it a true worshiper can say I'm in the thick of it everything is struggling my kids are acting up my marriage is struggling my finances are in trouble but God I still trust you a true worshiper does not look at their circumstance and dictate whether you should worship or not but rather they look at their situation and say I will worship God even still that's a true worshiper for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him wait what? You're telling me an omniscient, meaning all-knowing, and an omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere at once. God is actually looking for people. How can a God that is everywhere at once and is all-knowing is still looking for someone? Bless you. It says, this is the Bible. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people worship him he's looking for you tap the person next to you and say he's looking for you he's looking for you hear me many of us think we're looking for him more than he's looking for us and allow me to be the first one to tell you if not the second or third that is incorrect god is looking for you more than you're looking for him he is calling for you more than you're calling for him And when you're crying to Jesus for help and when you're going through this war in your mind when you say, I want to go to church. I want to get to know what's going on. I want to get to know this Jesus that they keep talking about. I may need him in my life. He's looking for you at the same time because he's looking for true worshipers, true worshipers. I want to give you these three points here. When you know who you worship, your worship grows in three areas. I want to illuminate this to you. When you know Jesus, when you know him, when you know the one you worship, your worship grows in strength. Write that down. Your worship grows in strength. Let me show you how. You don't have to even, you could just write this down. Acts 16, 25 to 26, we see a specific moment when Paul was in a prison cell. And it said that he started worshiping in the middle of that prison. And you know what happened next? An earthquake erupted. And the prison gates, the, the walls fell down down now it did not happen because there was a riot it did not happen because somebody was actually trying to bring the walls down what they were doing in the middle of their prison was praising and because they started praising and worshiping in the middle of the prison, the prison walls fell down. I want to let you know that your praise has power. Look at somebody and say, my praise has power. My praise has power. You may not know it. You may have not seen it yet. But I want to challenge you. The next time you feel like you're in a prison, I dare you to say, your praise will ever be on my lips. Be be lips. Lips, be be ever be, be, on, let's, let's ever be on, on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips your praise will ever be on my lips it will grow in strength when you know him second your worship will grow in strength and it will grow in significance we see in the bible specifically in second chronicles 2020 where a king at that time his name was king jehoshaphat they were in the middle of a battle in the middle of a war you know what he did he said gather all my worshipers gather all of the singers and send them ahead of the army he sent them ahead of the army without defense with no shields with no swords just a voice and it said that as they worshiped, the enemy began to scramble. I want to let you know that your worship, when you know Him, not only grows in strength, but it grows in significance. So, my challenge is in the middle of the battle for your life, can you sing, Your praise will ever be on my lips? In the middle of the war, in the middle of that battle you're facing. Ever, ever, be be on on lips, lips, ever be on oh, my lips and your praise ever be on my lips your, your praise, praise. Will ever be on my lips it will grow in strength it will grow in significance and lastly it will grow in stamina it will grow in stamina one thing i've learned Is that you can have all the strength in the world but if you have strength with no stamina you can't stay in the fight if you make it to round two you're in trouble because you have no stamina stamina points to the longevity your worship will grow in stamina what does that mean Psalms 22 2-3 to says oh my God I cry by day but you do not answer I cry by night but I find no rest yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of your people this is what it illuminates to us this is David speaking he was in the worst moment of his life and I don't know if you've ever said these following words if you ever had a season in your life where you were like God I'm praying I'm doing my part I'm seeking you but I don't hear you I'm coming to church but I don't feel you I'm trusting you, but I'm not seeing any result. I'm not seeing the fruit of your faithfulness. That was David in this moment where he said, my God, I cry by day, but there's no answer. I cry by night, but I find no rest. But this is what he decided to do because of that. He said, yet you are holy. God is looking for a remnant he's looking for a people that can give him a yet praise that means God even if I don't feel you yet I will worship even though I'm struggling yet I will worship even though I have more questions than I have answers I will worship even though my family is struggling I will worship God I may not have everything together yet you deserve a praise I may not know everything yet you deserve a praise I may be crying by day yet you are holy I don't know if this has ever been your season where you ever struggled so much that you thought God was the liar, that you ever struggled so much that you thought God wasn't real, and God is saying, Will you praise me in spite of it? Because that's who I'm looking for. I think what God is looking for in this season is just the people who can say, Your praise will ever be on my lips forever. Your praise. Can we show him now? Stand up on your feet and let's sing this out. Your praise will ever be on my lips. Can you show him? Give him a yet praise. Come on, TC, I want to hear you. Come on, friend. Sing it one more time. Say, Your praise will ever be on my lips. Say, Your praise. yeah come on one more time sing it with all you have your praise with your questions sing it even in your doubts sing it even in your difficulties sing it before we continue every campus TC Framingham your worship team is positioned, and they can start going up. They are positioned to sing this same song. I made sure of it because I believe this song needs to be the testimony of our lives where we can say, your praise will ever be on my lips, not just when things are good, not just when things are easy. I This ring shows that I'm devoted to my wife even when things are hard. Even in the middle of, if we're fighting, if we're arguing, I chose to still love you. I made a vow to love you. I made a vow to be there even if you're sick and even if you're healthy. Can we make that same vow to Jesus that I will worship you whether I'm sick or healthy. I will worship though I'm in clarity or in confusion. I will worship you because that means more to him than anything else you can possibly muster. That's what means most to him. So T.C. Framingham, I want to let you guys go into your moment, but before you do, I want to challenge you. Everyone at those campuses, sing with all you have. Fill the Regal Theater with that song so much to the point where staff is going to come in and say we felt something we've never felt before framingham i want you to lift your voice so loud where all of the other people who share that temple to have a service where they say we felt something from your service we felt something from your worship i want you to fill the city of framingham with worship i want to challenge you to sing this song with all that you have with all that you got show that we are truly a people of worship you are dismissed with that i want to challenge you to sing that ashlyn an online family, before we continue to sing the song in faith, before we continue to give God our yet worship, our yet praise, I want to make the most, I want to invite you to make the most important decision you'll ever make. And it's to say, Jesus, I'll give you my life. It's to say, Jesus, I'm tired of coming to church and not know you. <laughs> I'm tired of saying I am a Christian, yet I don't know Christ. I'm tired of saying I love God, but you don't know God. I'm tired of saying that I'm ready to come to church week after week, that I'm a believer, but yet I'm not even sure of what I believe. If you're ready to make a decision, And stretch out of your comfort zone and say, Jesus, I commit to getting to know you. I'm ready to get to know you. The Bible is a book to get to know Jesus. It's not a Bible of rules and regulations. It's a Bible of getting to know who the one we sing about. That's what the Bible is about. If you're ready to make that invitation, I want you to do this. All eyes closed in this room. All heads bowed. No one is looking around. This is a moment between you and Jesus. A moment between you and Jesus. All eyes are closed. All heads are bowed. If this is you, and you heard this message, and you say, I need to get to know this Jesus. If that's you, what I want you to do is just lift your hand. When I count to three, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to go ahead and lift it. One, two, three. Wow. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Wow. Wow. 12. come on let's clap to Jesus this is a victory this is a victory Woo! so what I want you to do I want everybody to do this in agreement and in unity repeat after me say Jesus I give you my life and I give you my commitment I vow to get to know you I won't be perfect but I will show progress I need you. Be my Lord and be my savior for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Now sing this out and say, Your praise will never be on my lips. Come on. Never be on my lips. Your praise it will never be on my lips. Sing it out with all you have. It will ever be on my lips? Yeah. Come on, with all you have, fill this house with worship. Say your praise will ever be.